Uh, this is a thrill, Guru. We have Cups King, Peter Hall on the line ahead of his farewell in the Broom Cup this sad day. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're really excited to uh, to welcome Peter Hall to the one one. G'day, Pete. Hey, lad. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, not a problem at all, Pete. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I was thinking about it this morning, and I don't reckon there's a, a hoop I'd love to sit down with more and uh, and hear some of his stories and have a beer with than you. And um, now that you're retiring, you can um, you can happily tell them all. So uh, that's pretty uh, pretty good stuff from us. But here's a couple of stats I found this morning, uh, Pete and BJ, um, throughout your career. Now you had 340 race rides in races worth seventy five thousand dollars or more, and you're obviously known as the Cups King. Now, you won 43 of those with an ROI of 17%. Anything over an ROI of neg 15% is huge. So mm-hmm. that really does say it's not, just a, it's not just a moniker, but it's a true stat. And the other thing, this is one I really enjoyed, is you only rode at 54 kilos or less 34 times in your career. That was for seven wins at a massive ROI of 48%. So is it fair to <laughs> say, Peter, that if you're going to get down to 54, you reckon you've got a good one? Yeah, well, all I said to uh, family and friends, like, if you ever see me riding live, I'm not, I'm not doing it for nothing. So, uh, yeah, so uh, usually, um, yeah, like, you know, especially someone like myself, when you only use your ride about 56 and all of a sudden you're on a light ride, well, that means you think it's going pretty pretty damn good. <laughs> hey, Pete, uh, you're hanging up the boots on Saturday after the, the Broom Cup. Um, yeah. To be honest, we just thought you that you just keep – You'd, you'd be out the next dashing down, just keep riding forever. What was the yeah. what, what was the thought process behind? What was the decision making yeah. process about a fi- I, finally it, retiring? It, yeah, it's really funny, BJ and too. Like, um, I uh, absolutely love being a jockey and riding and, and visiting all these places. Like, that's the best part about my job. And I and I I I would never thought I'd tire from it, which I which I haven't. But um, you know. I, this time last year when COVID was hitting and Broom Turf Club uh, meetings got um, abandoned um, due to COVID, Gully and I, we sat down and had a chat because obviously we still had it to him ready to go up for another Darwin Cup. So, you know, we put a uh, the plan in place to go up to Darwin, which um, took driving up to Broom for a couple of weeks, um, took the family up and, you know, spent two weeks there. And then Gully and I and another worker, we, uh, we, we left with the, with the horse float and the horse truck and all our gear and went to Catherine and self-isolated for another two weeks. Um, then we had the two months in Darwin and obviously their meetings were thinned out through the COVID, so we only had the four meetings. Um, then I, I got back to Broome, self-isolated again for another two weeks and then got back to Perth. Now, I always used um, the Broome trip with the family and the Kalgoorlie round, which only the, was a boys' trip. I used those to... Um, race clubs there's a bit of fun and then i'd get stuck into a serious diet once i get back got back to perth because obviously you know bob would have three or four three-year-olds going into all them classic races and they usually get on the minimum so i'd you know come home and fire myself up for that but having so long off with self-isolation and just getting comfortable with normal life i think i found it very difficult when i got back to to train and get my weight down i just couldn't um fire myself up to do it, um, which is really unusual for me, um, because I really, I do love the training and firing up type of thing, because it makes me want to do better when I ride. Um, so when I 
I kind of lost that desire. Um, you know, I had I had the ride on too close to the run, too close to the sun um, for the prep, and you know he was going into the steer first up, and they changed plans, and he went into the Asian bow, and obviously he got too light away, and I just I just felt like things weren't going my way, and I I just kind of said to my wife Lisa, I think um, I think the time is very near, um, so which it is. <laughs> so. You came to Belmont last Saturday, and you had uh, a ride in the um, in your, in your, I guess your farewell metropolitan race for your old mate Steve Wolf. Um, yeah. And I saw some. I wasn't on course, but I saw some terrific photos, and there was uh, some some great great stories that that uh, were published on the day about you and your career. What was what was last? What was the send off like at Belmont last Saturday? Ah, uh, it was absolutely great. It was exciting walking in the jockey's room. Um, because I haven't seen anyone for a couple of months while I've been in Broome. So I'm glad I did it. Amelia and Chris were right behind it. And then, uh, Craig Staples got involved. And look, I was so glad I did. It was so great to kind of just walk in there with your jockey gear just one last time. I know I'm going to be walking back in to look after the apprentices, but I'm glad I had a chance to say goodbye to them as a jockey and just riding in the race, uh, having all my family and friends there. Um, just riding in the race and having the thrill of running second, like, yeah, I only thought maybe the horse was a slight place chance at best. So even getting second on the line was awesome and coming back and just the whole day. And then all I had my best friends. We all went out that night and, um, yeah, so I'm so glad I did it. And it's made this last week in Broome more enjoyable as well. Yeah. Good on you, Pete. I mean, it was, yeah, it was great to see such a turnout there to support you, but your, I guess your your really your home away from home for a long period of time now has been the Broom Turf Club, and it's only fitting that you that you wind things up uh, with your final race ride in the Broom Cup on Saturday. Was that the plan, or is that just the way that things have fallen into place? Because it seems like kind of fairy tale stuff that you get to go out in a Broom Cup. Oh, it's absolutely perfect. Um, it always has been a plan in the back of my mind to go out on Turf Cup Day or Broom Cup Day. They're, they're my two favourite days. Um, so as it, as it all worked out, it's very fitting, feels just right to be having my last ride in the Broom Cup. I obviously haven't got a ride in the last race on purpose. Um, because I just want that day to be the last day. And yeah, as you alluded on before, like Broom's been a massive part of my life. I had my, uh, first ride. I actually come up as a, um, a teenager when I was apprentice and rode once, but, um, I think in about 85. But I come up in 1998, and I've, I've been riding here every winter since. And uh, yeah, my whole I've brought my whole family every time. Um, the girls, Millie's 21, Jenna's 19. They've they've never missed a year coming up school holidays. Um, yeah, so it's very fitting. Yeah, it's gonna this Broom Cup day is gonna be my last day. And as you would all know, if you've all been here um, before, like it is a bit of a party atmosphere. So yeah, it'll be um, good fun. Can you win? Do you dare to dream, Pete? Deception game. Of course, you can, course hey? can win. Oh, well, I was dev- I um after the Kimberley Cup, I was devastated. I um I um, went straight from the beers to the rum, so um, <laughs> to drown the sorrows. But uh, um, look, I thought he was a great. Ch- I thought I was on the horse. Um, you know, he he won the mile race and then he won the eighteen hundred meter race. Um, so I thought, oh, he he was the perfect horse, but. In the back of my mind, I said to Robbie, I said, I don't know if he needs further um, because I was niggling the whole way in the 1800 to keep up. Um, 
or the 1800 was too far because the last 50, I didn't really have a lot in the tank. And um, um, I was at the top of the straight. I didn't really want to win by too far on him, but um, <laughs> as it, <laughs> I didn't want to get too much weight. But um, um, as it turned out, with 50 to go, I didn't think I had a, a lot left. So obviously when I rode him in the Kimberley Cup, I know 200 metres is not, not a lot further, but it, it, it just sorts him out. And um, he was very wanting the last uh, 200 metres. Um, the only thing Gully and I can come up with, which I don't know is right until on the day, is that it's the first time he's backed up a week later. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, he, he had all the other races two weeks apart. So that's what we've got uh, Saturday. And we've got the Barrier 3, which is super, super important, important if you think um, a horse can't run out the trip. But, you know, they're going to go pretty quick and it's going to be a tough race and Stafford Lad was a massive winner the other day. It's going to take a bit of beating. It does look a race. I've only had a quick uh, a quick flick through, uh, but there does look to be a stack of speed in the race. So is Deception Game a horse that can handle a little bit of kickback, though? That's one thing I did notice. You could race behind them and still have something yeah. at the end, which a lot of other dirt trackers or a lot of other horses uh, don't have that ability, which could be massively in your favour. Well, that's um, you're spot on. There's, um, it's, a, it's a major factor. That was um, it to him's... Um, uh, major attribute, you know, like um, emotion. He wasn't even a, a true sayer to him, um, but um, you know, the horses that get back and they just fight the kickback and pull themselves into the race. You know, they're the ones you want, and that's what Deception Game did when he when he won. You know, so um, it does go a long way. Um, you know, and obviously with that bar, you can be patient. But if they are getting a the kickback, they can drag themselves back in the race and put him in a good position. And uh, a lot of horses don't like it. Well, horses. Uh, I reckon he's a smart horse. Deception game, and uh, he'll he'll know the uh, the the importance of the occasion. So I reckon he'll yeah. find a couple of lengths for you. But you just mentioned a horse uh, by the name It's a Him. Um, amazing. He, his career story is amazing. Won the Strickland Stakes on the twenty fifth of June two thousand and sixteen. For the next three years, he battled away in, in good stakes races in WA without ever being overly competitive. He was sent up to Broome. Now, he made his debut in Broome on the 6th of July, 2019. He carried the 66 kilos. I remember from a betting point of view, he opened about three bucks. And I remember thinking, that is thin, thin, thin for a horse with that much weight. First time on the dirt, a get-back horse, probably over a journey, which was too short. He drifted to about five times that price, and uh, and you won on him, and you didn't just win on him, but you won easily. Um, he obviously then went went on to win two Darwin Cups. Uh, tell us about your relationship with it to him. Tell us about your relationship with Rob Gilberti as well, and uh, just how special that is. Yeah, well, a little part of the picture is is like this year, Gully's got Bill Saba up here for the Broom Cup. Plus, he's got um, you know stayed in the reception game from the Durant uh, team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's always looking to find a horse to bring to Broome. And, like, you're looking for a, a quality animal that may, maybe has been out a little bit of form and you can rejuvenate him with the water and uh, working on the beach, uh, et cetera, you know. So, it's him. He he was the one we got this year. So, uh, that year, I mean. And, um, you know, Stevie Parnham used to ride him a bit and I had a bit of a chat with him. And uh, so then uh, Gully gave him a jump out, barrier jump out with Roger the Roman and I got good reports back, but, you know, I, I like to feel it myself and, you know, um, nothing's ever passed the post till you actually do it. So the raps were pretty good. So obviously I rode him in that race um, with 66 kilos. And, uh, you didn't have to waste for that I, one at least. <laughs> no, nah, that's right. That's a good, 
good way to be up and groom, that's for sure. But remember we were talking before about the kickback. Mm-hmm. He he uh, he jumped out with them that day over 1,400 and he started, this is the pace went into the race, he started to drift back and um, he started to get a lot, a lot of kickback. And this is true, true, like it sounds like a bit of a story, but I said to the old, I said, come on, boy, buddy, wake yourself up, son. You've got to uh, put yourself through this kickback and put yourself in the race because otherwise if they don't do that, they're gone, absolutely gone. And that big fella, he just started to jog up through them and come to the corner, it was game over already. Like, he won untouched. And, you know, I come back into the jockey's room and I started, like, just punching the air. I was, Paul Marks was in the jockey's room and someone else and I just went, I'm going to win the Darwin Cup. This horse is going to win the Darwin Cup. I was, like, ecstatic, absolutely ecstatic because I knew, you know, still had to go and do it, but I knew we were in with a big chance. You know, so, um, and the Robbie Gilberti story, well, you know, he's he's my wife's cousin and, you know, I rode for his dad, Gary Gilberti, for a long time in Broome and, um, you well, know. The, almost almost, you won, come, almost won a Perth Cup for Gary, didn't you, Pete? Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy, that's another story. Bored me eyes out, buddy, just a battler riding an Esperance and, <laughs> and get, get nailed late on the line by Luna Tudor. Was that victory, so, um, victory Morn, was it, Pete? Victory Morn, yeah, yeah well, you know, and. You know, I'm such a patient rider now. If I, I, I would have loved one more crack at that race, but um, anyway, um, you know, yeah, poor Gary's running seconds um, in the Broom Cup. And when you come to Broom, it's you know, all you want to do as a trainer or jockey is to win one Broom Cup, and then you know you can you can enjoy the place forever. So um, Gary wasn't fortunate enough to do that, but Robbie in 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 uh, only training three four years. One with Desert Glow, so to share that with him was absolutely amazing. And then I think the next year we took Roger the Roman to the Palmerston and, you know, we were driving home um, from Darwin back to Broome with the horses on the back and we just said, wouldn't it be great, you know, just to bring a serious horse, you know, to Darwin, just to have a crack, because crack at it. So uh, Broome's fantastic, but Darwin is the same, but it's the capital city, so... You know, the, um, the crowds are massive and it's, uh, the city environment. There's a lot more buzz going on. So we wanted to come back and be a major player and like how we would never ever in our widest dreams expected to go back the following year, um, and take out the cup, but, and then to do it again as well. So, you know, he is, you know, um, Black Tom will always be special because of my dad and, but I, two outstanding type of animals I rode with delicacy and it's a him because, he he had so much charisma, he had so much class, and you know he's uh oh, he's a, just a tough horse, and yeah, what he did for us and down, um, you know, I'll never forget. Pete, how many Broom Cups have you won? Uh, I won seven. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I didn't know the answer. I, didn't know well, that. I thought it, it might say four or five. Yeah, seven. I, I can remember. It so you're going, well, so you go over eight on Saturday. Incredible. Yeah, well, I've got. I, I, this year is easy, but I've always been under pressure when I've come to Broome because I've got to got to pay for the kids' holiday up in Broome. It's quite expensive. <laughs> it's not cheap, so is it? I was always I had to try and win the Broome Cup just to cover costs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, but um, yeah, no, a lot of no. It's um, it's amazing, and you know, I'd love to win it, and um, you know, I'll give my horse the best ride possible, and I'll I'll be optimistic when the gates open, and and I'll be doing my best, but. You know, just to finish on this day, a day that means so much to me, um, it's, you know, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to be very, very happy. Um, 
but look out if I do. <laughs> hey, so, so Pete, I want to touch on your career as a whole. You mentioned a, uh, delicacy. We want to do the deep dive on that shortly. But I always, yeah. I'm close to Steve Wolf, and Steve's one of your great mates, and I've always chatted to to Steve, um, and I, I always sort of thought that you might, you know. Be a trainer one day, or take up the a partnership with the old old Wolfman, or do something in that regard. But you've um, you've you've pivoted into a new role with racing and wagering Western Australia as uh, as the um, working with the apprentices as the as the jockey coach. Is that right? Jockey coach. Is that your yeah. title? Yep. Um, yep. Was training ever on the agenda for you? And what what was the uh, did this uh, position open up in, in uh, after Jeremy Huspert's retirement and you thought that this was a good opportunity to stay involved in the industry? Yeah, well, um, I, I, first of all, I was out on Compo and I've done a fair bit of work with Sky Channel and I've done Perth Cup Day with uh, G-Man, Gareth Hall, and I got offered a job with Sky, um, but I would have had to give up riding, so I wasn't prepared to, to do that. And then... Couple of trainers um, approached me to work with them as like a racing manager, but still riding work, and um, wasn't really ready to do anything like that. And I've, I've never had any passion or anything to train, but I do enjoy being part of a team. Um, but when the uh, the opportunity was around that this position was coming available, this is this is what I wanted the most. So. Um, yeah, it was very nerve-wracking and exciting, I must say, applying for a position and, and uh, waiting for the drum roll to find out whether you get it or not. Because obviously, um, you know, the way RA was structured and when when a, um, a position becomes available, all the applicants have got to apply. And I found that, you know, quite um, exciting to go through that type of process. So when I got the job, I was, um, yeah, really overwhelmed and quite emotional, like winning a good race. So... Yeah, very, very lucky, very happy. So, did you write up your own resume, Pete, or did you get someone to do it for you? No, no, I, I wrote it up. Um, <laughs> I, I had my, I did have my, uh, my daughter Jenna. She was uh, helping me a bit to make sure, yeah, I wasn't doing things properly. So, uh, did you include the seven broom cups in the resume? You had to not at all. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing like that. No, not at all. So, so, no. so Pete, what are you? What I guess your your role is going to be uh, the you know tutoring and. Our apprentices, our our um, riders to come. What do you, what what excites you about that? And and um, uh, and I guess what are some of the ways that we can get I don't know uh, younger people more involved in 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 your trade, becoming apprentice jockeys? Because it it, yeah. se- it seems like it's uh, very hard to attract uh, a lot of people to to do the job, and then it's a it's a tough job um, in itself. So yeah. what do you what are your thoughts on on your on your role and yeah. the future of of your trade? Yeah, well, it is. It is a very, very tough job. I don't think a lot of people realise um, psychologi- psychologically and, um, um, you know, weight-wise and, you know, um, you're up, you're down and um, it's quite dangerous and, you know, all these type of things. But, you know, um, we're very lucky. My daughter's rode equestrian. You know, we've got – obviously, we've got a lot of male and female riders. It's 50-50 now, so maybe more to the advantage of the female riders. Um, you know, they do all the question riding. Um, they ride so well now, like they've got beautiful poise. You know, I, you know, I'd like to push the, um, apprentices to have some role models to kind of, um, picture themselves being like. So there's so many, you know, we, I love watching horse racing, even, 
instead of watching a movie, I'm watching racing in Melbourne or Sydney or WA or whatever, and I'd like them to, you know, uh, try and pick someone out and we'll try and push them that way. But the most thing that excites me with helping the kids is, is you know, my, my two daughters are growing up now and we've had a great life out of racing. And I don't want to see people kind of uh, waver and, and, and think, um, which direction they can go. Like uh, at the moment, I've, I've said it before, Austin Gallardi's up here as an apprentice to Rob Gilberti. You know, he's been fishing, he's gone crabbing and he's riding winners. He only raced them once a week, but he's riding winners. And, you know, he's grown as a person, but as a person in our industry, he didn't know if he really fitted in, but he's found his little niche. You know, he might go on to be a city jockey one day, but at the moment, he's loving what he's doing. And, that, and I reckon that's so important that we, you know, not everyone can be um, a Chrissy Parnham and win the premiership in town, but we're going to have a lot of different other people that have different um, desires or, you know, where they want to be. But I don't want to see the other people give up. I want to I want to show people that there's a place for everyone, you know, and then we can have a great life and, and being a jockey. And, you know, jockeys can make great a great wage riding Esperance, Albany, Broome. You know, it's... um. There's a place for everyone, like trainers and horses. So, um, yeah, I just want to, you know, see, teach the young people that there's light at the end of the tunnel no matter where you go. The way you're talking as well, I, I could imagine you get a real thrill if um, you sort of guided someone who probably needed the extra guidance through the system and you saw them go through and win their first race or, or win a feature race even further down the track. I could imagine that uh, while you won't be on, on the horse yourself, you'd uh, you'd probably – gain a very similar level of uh, satisfaction. Yeah, no, well, I, it's going to be good. You know, like it, it's, that's, that's when you know you're ready for a retirement. That <laughs> if you can hear the beeps, that's Wolfie ringing. <laughs> Funny enough, but, um, you know, you're ready for a retirement when you're going to start be teaching all your friends' kids how to ride, you know, <laughs> young, young, young Taj Dyson's become a jockey and um, yeah. Dennis Gundry, his daughter Jane, she's going to be coming through the ranks and, David Caterino's daughter Ava, she's coming, gonna, she's starting to ride as well. So, like, this is going to be pretty crazy, but how good will it be? You know, it'd be nice to be, to feel like a football coach or mm. something like that when these kids, you know, um, start to do good. Now they need they need plenty of people with your passion for the industry and your passion for working with uh, young people, Pete. Uh, I think you yeah, I think you're a terrific appointment for that role, and you'll be working alongside your uh, your old mate Johnny Clay. Yeah, the, the other um, Cutsy, John, Johnny Clayton. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Like, yeah, we, we mucked around a lot together when we were young, you know, 15, 16, and we used to go over his mum and, mum and dad's house for tea. And, um, yeah, you know, we used to make trips to all the country races, places together. And, you know, on, on a back in the day, you know, like uh, we, we'd have an Ascot meeting or a Belmont meeting on the Saturday and, Usually it was Ascot and we had Albany on a sad day or if it was Belmont, we had Kalgoorlie on a sad day. So that, that was our workplace. That's where we, we all went to. And, uh, you know, we used to make the long drives down to Albany and we both starving and thirsty and, <laughs> you know, we'd, um, ride at Albany and then we'd stop and get some coldies for the trip home. And then we, we even went past this Chinese restaurant in Mount Barker that we used to drool over driving past all the time. <laughs> and, and we, we decided to call in and get some takeaway, uh, little things like that you never forget, you know. So, we, yeah, we've had some good times. So, um, and we both know how tough it is and that's pretty important as well. 
I have heard a, uh, a little rumour. It might have even been you that told me uh, a long time ago. Uh, the 2012 <laughs> Bunbury Cup. Uh, you won on uh, on Lord's Ransom, which I know is another one of your favourite horses. Carried a, yep. a big big weight that day from memory. Now, went around about... Oh, 20 odd to one. 20 to one. And uh, I've heard heard some rumors again. I actually can't remember where I heard these from. I've heard some rumors (laughs) around the traps that you weren't, uh, you were confident. I wouldn't even say you were quietly confident. You were pretty loudly confident going into the race. And and the wind may have even fueled a little barley trip. Uh, Is there any any truth behind that? No, you got some good mail there. Yes. Um, It was Australia Day or something like that. I can't remember. We're out in the boat with um, my. uh, my cousin and um, a couple of other good friends, and um, and I just said, oh, I'm not just horsing the Bunbury Cup. This it 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 it'll win, you know for sure. Like <laughs> the run the other day was huge. It was a good horse, and uh, um, and we all said, oh, well, if it wins, we'll all go to Bali on a trip. So yeah, um, a couple of days later, we were at the airport getting on the plane. So <laughs> look, look out, look out, the the party had just begun. But yeah, that was that was really amazing. I think that shot really kick-started me with um, Bob Peters too, that, that uh, win on Lord Ransom, because he went on to win the Pinjara Cup as well. And, you know, I thought, you know, I was very lucky enough with Adam Durant um, pushing me that way to ride some of um, Bob's horses. But when I won that one for Grant and Alana, that just opened up uh, a whole new a whole new thing, you know, uh, for me to get on better type horses and all kind of roll from there. So, yeah, Lord Ransom done us a big favour in a couple of ways. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about delicacy now, That's, Pete? Yes. Like, uh, surprised it took us this long. Uh, we just, yeah. well, both of us, just uh, um, one of one of our all time favourite West Australian racehorses, Terry and I. Delicacy, she, I can't. We were just, we just did a, uh, we have a quiz on our, on our show called the Mastermind, and we were just doing some delicacy stuff. And we, she only raced nineteen times for twelve wins. You won six races on her. What? Yeah, t- t- five, give, five, and the black dog. Yeah, tell it. Give us some insight into what she was like as a horse, and I guess how special she was to you and your career. Yeah, well, um, it was um, just got back from um, Broome and Kalgoorlie, and Bob had a bunch of four-year-old, uh, three-year-olds, four of them going in um, Belgravia, one of them races, and I think Disposition won it. Brad Parn might have rode it, and I rode Delicacy, and she had a good barrier, and um, and I rode it pretty hard to put her in a good spot. And I come in and I said to Grant, um, oh, I rode this filly out of a comfort zone. I said, I, I reckon if I ride her back, she'll be a, a different horse. Um, you know, and, you know, they had, um, I think they had like, uh, disposition, silver stream, Neverland, all running around. So I was just on little old tiny little delicacy and all the others were like outstanding looking beasts. And um, I got to ride her next start in the champion fillies. And, um, yeah, she come out and got the cash. And, you know, and then e- even when she come back in after the next prep, I made a blue. I went too soon on her one day and um, Neverland beat me. But after that day, I said to Grant, no, oh, that won't happen again. And, you know, I just used to ride a kind, never, not too much whip. And, oh, she, if you saved her up for that one run, her acceleration was, like, unbelievable. Like, most good horses feel like a big V8 car, but she was like a, um, a turbo, you know, she had just a normal little motor, but when you put your foot on the gas and the turbo kicked in, she was off. <laughs> she was a ripper. So you won the, so this was the autumn, you won the thousand guineas, the Natasha stakes. Champion fillies yep. before that. Champion fillies before that. Yep. Um, 
Yep. And then so so often happens to you know to guys who are second, third stringers in a stable, and especially when you're riding for for Bob Peters, William Pike jumps back on to win the yep. WA Oaks and the WATC Derby. You always seem very. I know a lot of jockeys, you know, would get upset by that, and that would be kind of you know heartbreaking. But it always seemed to it didn't phase you, Pete. Outwardly, anyway, um, that uh, you, you you knew how you knew the game. You've been around long enough. You knew how it uh, how how the, uh, yeah. the setup rolls. Pike's number one. He gets back on. He wins the Oaks and Derby. But do you think it's because you you have such a good attitude in that and 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 accepting of of the way that the game is played that when the opportunity to came for Bob to select a rider for the Schweppes Oaks in uh, and the uh, South Australian Derby in Morphville that you were the next cab off the rank. Yeah, look, that's the one thing I'll teach the kids and I kind of taught myself that you just, um, you know, you'll get disappointed. You, they'll take the, want to drag you. I, never, I, never, I remember once Alan Taylor said to me, um, I went on cash on the bank and he said, oh, look, you know, the owners don't want you on it next start. They, they want Stephen Miller on it. Um, he's our number one rider. I was like, yeah, sweet, no problems. And um, so Stephen got beat on it and then I got back on it and won again on it. So... You know, you've just got to be a little bit humble in that way. And, um, you know, after I won the Natasha on her, and I'm pretty close with Puff, Grant, and, uh, I said to Grant, look, look, mate, I understand. I'm not, I'm not, I understand Willie's going to ride. I don't worry about it. Don't, you know, I just wanted him not to, to worry about it. I said, mate, it's all good. It's all good. Let Willie will ride her for sure. Don't, don't you feel bad in telling me. I'm telling you now. So, um, and, you know, he come out and won the WA Oaks and the Derby on her. And, it was really funny. I just parked the car at the trials the following week, and um, and I saw Bob Peters in the in the um, car park, and we're walking down to you know get ready to watch the first trial because I wasn't into like trial four, and him and I were walking down, and I said, "Oh, how's the filly going, Bob?" She settled into Adelaide well, and he he said, "Yeah, yeah, it's all going good," and um, within that, the ambulance was rushing around to the start of the first trial, and. And uh, Willie hurt his tru- uh, hurt his shoulder, um, and he was off to hospital. And, and within a heartbeat, Bob said, uh, um, "You're going to go to Adelaide." And I said, "What, to ride Delicacy? He said, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, bloody oath! Oh, of course I will." <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, and you know what? It was amazing because um, you know, in that Group One Australasian Oaks, I walked out in the mountain yard to talk to Bob and Grant and Alana, and. Dominic Tourneur was the only Adelaide jockey with a ride in the race and the rest were all, you know, like Ollie and Blake Shin and Stephen Arnold and Ben Mellon and Hugh Bowman and all these type of riders and I was like, shit, I've bloody got a job to do here. <laughs> <laughs> I better not stuff this up, you know. So, uh, yeah, nah, but, yeah, winning them two races, I know the rest is history. So what, a, what an amazing little horse. Yeah, two two amazing rides too in the group ones over there, Pete. Yeah. She delicacy came back in the spring of twenty fifteen. You got beat an absolute eyelash in by perfect yeah. perfect reflection in the uh, Kingston Town Classic on a heavy that was a heavy track yeah. too, wasn't it, from memory? It was uh, very Oh wet yeah, day. yeah. It was absolute bog it was and um I walked it just before the race, walked it at the beginning, walked it I just wanted to plot a um path out wide, you know, and um I even had to duck back in for a stride or two in a place I didn't want to be, but, um, yeah, agonizing close and I had no idea who won, you know, and neither did Willie, but, you know, come on boys, if you were a jockey, what's the one thing you'd love to do most? Is, uh, probably come from behind Pikey and beat him, I reckon. 
Beat him in a photo. Yeah, in a photo. In, in a, a group photo. one <laughs> and in a photo. Yeah. I was, uh, but, you know. I was on course that day and, um, yeah, that was just incredible viewing. Two quality animals clearing out. I'm actually just yeah. watching the replay on my computer now as we speak, Pete. Yeah. And, um, I mean, perfect reflection. We all know how good she was. You have to remember, Delicacy, Delicacy carried six and a half kilos yeah. um, more than her yeah. day as well. And, um, yeah, yeah. That, that will always be probably not probably not your exact favourite racing memory, but that will always yeah, be big, one of my favourite racing memories yeah. at the, uh, at yeah. the track. And there was a, the was a good too. call too by Darren. Oh, well, yeah. Per- yeah, perfect yeah. reflection. Delicacy, yeah. perfect reflection. Delicacy, don't uh, know. Don't, don't know, know in the Kingston town. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey Pete, you, yeah, like, you, Willie, sorry, Willie, sorry. Willie, Willie jumped back on board following start in the Cox Stakes uh, yes. and, and won. What happened, Perth Cup? How come, how'd you get back on? Like this is this is a, a free um, thing you've got back on again on the big day. Yeah, well, Adam had real love and, and uh, Bob had um, Delicacy in Neverland uh, going in the race. And um, obviously, Neverland had um, minimum weight, and Delicacy had top weight. So it was just always pretty instrumental that I was going to be riding Delicacy, even though I had no idea, because I thought I'd be riding Real Love because I rode her in the in the um, Van Hips. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told early that I'd be on Delicacy, and um, I was pretty chuffed. So um, yeah, um, as it turned out, I was yeah very very happy. So. Um, yeah, Neverland ran second and Real Love ran third. So yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I, you know, and it's really amazing because you know, really when you know when you look back, you always would rather have won the Group One on her. But as it turned out, she wouldn't have gone in the Perth Cup, and it was really special to win that race on her, which meant a lot to me, even though it wasn't a Group One. So you know, if it, if it, if the Perth Cup was a Group One, I would have been totally satisfied that you know we got beat, except that. The only reason Pikey beat me by a nose. <laughs> that wasn't well. It wasn't far from a Perth car. I grew, sorry, a Group One field. So uh, yeah, yeah. You've, at least, you've at least got that part. Do you know? I was just thinking. Do you know how many cups you've won? Uh, not just talking. I'm talking all, all over no. WA, all over Australia. No. Do you know the number? No, I'm sorry, I don't. That's no. something we're going to have no. to look so, into. We'll have to get Ernie. Yeah. He would have, would have raised Ernie, that. Ernie would know that. Uh, so Pete, which yeah. which country cup haven't you won? Yeah, well, all the TIB country cups. Yeah. I um, the only one I have won is Port Hedland. I've had three rides in it, um, got beat ahead in one and, and got beat a short half head in, oh. in the other one. So I could have gone and rode Staden um, this year. Yeah. Um, got Gully to ring Macca for the ride. Um, but as I said before, yeah, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to ride 56 up, you know, but at the end of the day, I've run second in the Winterbottom, second in the Kingston Town, second in the Lowway. So, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> there's other, you know, just would have been nice to win the Port Ellen Cup, but at the end, end of the day, there's, you know, other, have a good race as you'd like to win as well. Pete, Delicacy was the second of your three Perth Cups. Your first was yep. on, on Black Tom, who was a terrific horse for you, you and your family. Now, is it right that you rode Black Tom at 52 kilos? Yes, it was, yes. <laughs> I, uh, did you ride without your left leg, did you? <laughs> How did you yeah. do that? I, uh, I trained really hard for about two months. Yeah. I, just, I just knew that horse was going to win and you've got to remember that I'd run – Two seconds, um, two seconds in a Perth Cup in the race I really wanted to win, and and then I uh, I ran third on Black Tom, and then he went from Lukey's to Frank Maynard's, and um, their best mates, you know. So Lukey recommended that he went to Frank's, and the horse was flying. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to miss out on that ride, and um, yeah, that hunger was there to ride the horse and to keep out the fridge. 
<laughs> well, well, Black Tom, that was the uh, 2000, yeah. 2006. That was a 3,200-meter Perth Cup as well. We won by six, oh, yeah. won by six lengths. Yeah. What, a, what a day. And that and Black Tom, um, I suppose he would have given you the, one of the great great thrills of your career. Didn't, did you ride him in the – I'm just double-checking. You rode him in the 2007 Melbourne Cup. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, well, first of all, when I won the Perth Cup on him, I just felt like I achieved everything there was to achieve in the world. It just felt like, you know – I'd done it all. Like, it was just the greatest day. Um, but, yeah, then when, when I got to ride him in Melbourne, like, we, you know, we, we were actually, like, we'd never been highly competitive in Melbourne Cup. We were, we were a little bit unlucky because um, Frank didn't want to take him to Melbourne. He, he said, pick yourself a trainer, but pick yourself a trainer that um, can train him out of a paddock because he's been a stallion. He was a little bit fickle and he'd go off his tucker for he had to be, um, you know, stable. Um, in stables, obviously, indoors. And um, Dad went around and looked at a few different places and liked Lindsay Park when David Hayes was training at um, in Adelaide. So, um, you know, he ran first up fifth in the Balaclava Cup with 60. Then he went over to Caulfield, ran fourth in the Naturalism behind Dolphin Joe, um, Suramine and Euro Valley. Euro Valley, sorry. Um, and the horse was going great. Had 58 that day. Weaved his way through the field. I thought, oh, so we're going to win a nice lead-up race, you know. We're going to win something. And then the EI hit, and he had mm. to be transferred to the stables at Flemington. And he lost about, oh, he lost 50 to 70 kilos, like, within a week or two. Wow. And, um, you know, he was never the, quite the same. Like, he, he ran in a Caulfield Cup, and then he ran on Derby Day and ran, ran in the Melbourne Cup, which, you know, on its own, absolute fairy tale. Um, you know, getting dressed to go to the races. You're going to ride in the Melbourne Cup and to walk out in front of the Flemington Grandstand and just, you know, all the other jockeys were nervous and I was, um, I was the only one looking around smiling. I was having like a day <laughs> out, you know. <laughs> and um, but the, the 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 horrible thing was I drew barrier 21 out of 24 and. As a jockey, when you watch the Melbourne Cup, you don't want to ever be caught through deep the trip, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, you know, oh, this is going to be me, you know? So I said to David Hayes, oh, we'll just go back, hey? And he goes, no, 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 have a go, son, have a crack at getting in. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, I squeezed up Master O'Reilly, Brad Jurek, and I got him one off the fence going past the post the first time, and I was like, Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah, I've, I've done, I, you know, job done. That was my job done right there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, pretty fortunate to do that. But yeah, we, you know, we had everyone there, all the family, and yeah, we had, you know, something to never forget. It's like a fairy tale. 100%. Pete, last, on last week's podcast, when we were talking about the, uh, the congratulations, Peter Hall handicap, and we were, we sort of did a rapid fire round table about our peak. P Hall moments and obviously delicacy came up and but one of the things that that really stood out for for the three of us that were on last week's show was um star exhibit in the Perth Cup um Terry and I were both Terry more so than me heavily heavily into heavily heavily into (laughs) into uh action uh was, was a big big result for for a few people and um and I just I just remember I went back and I just couldn't believe it got beat. And I reckon I've watched that star exhibit ride frame by frame, uh, you know, 10 times over trying to work out exactly how P-Hall 
got us <laughs> that day. Do you have a ride in your career? Is is that the ride that of your career? Be, that has like, to be is, the ride. is there one oh, ride and you mate. go back like looking now and you go, geez, Peter, that that's a cracker. Yeah, that's, that's a ten out of ten job. Yeah. Well, is, is that is that the one? Has to be it, doesn't it? Well, really the black tom one and even delicacy and even star mm. exhibit. They hardly went around a horse till it was oh. time to, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you watch the Black Tom race. Like, he was just on the fence, got off at the right time. But, yeah, Star Exhibit was a beauty. But um, it was amazing because I actually used to ride him work all the time. Um, and, he, you know, he's just struggling uh, with his fitness or with his wind. he just always make a bit of a noise coming up the hill at Adam's. And um, I got time on Perfect Jewel in the Kingston Town and and uh, jockeys were swapping around on Star Exhibit a bit, which Bob and the like, and Bob said to Adam to put put me on him. And um, I remember when I was working, I said to Adam, God, if you can ever stop making this noise, he mostly come out and win, you know. And um, I gave him his gallop for the Perth Cup, and you wouldn't believe it, he'd come up the hill and never made a noise. I said to Adam, you know, can this possibly happen? And... You know, on his day, he's a very good horse. Come out one or a steer the next prep, and um, I thought, you know, he could have been a railway horse after that, but um, he was never quite the same. He was a quirky bugger, and, um, yeah, you know, you know, he, he, on his day, he was a very, very good horse. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a ride for the ages, as they say, Pete. Um, last I don't reckon I've ever lost that much money in a race and, and still felt sort of content <laughs> at the end of it and still, and yeah. still felt okay after yeah. it. Yeah, I implored our yeah. list, I implored our listeners to go back and watch that. I think you were last on the fence going, was out, going out the straight. It was fifty dollars plus on, yeah. on the exchange. Yeah. It was yeah. Price. yeah. So that, that would have been a, that yeah. would have been about six months in Bali, I reckon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> paid yeah, well, um, for a few broom trips. The, <laughs> the beautiful thing about that race was um Pikey's very highly competitive and um you know, he he, he start uh, he started um, put pu- punching out a few words as I went past him with fifty to go. I'll tell you, so uh, <laughs> you weren't the only you weren't the only ones that were can, disappointed. Can you, can, you, can you give us the PG version, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> it just uh, goes. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I, I think there's a photo. We might put it up on. Um, might talk to Simon Merritt. See if we can put it up on our. Uh, Twitter feed. There's a photo of you celebrating and Pikey sort of head hung, head down, head yeah. down as, yeah. uh, as you cross yeah. the line in the Perth Cup. Well, it's, it's a rare, it's a rare yeah. that Pike's the one that goes a little bit early and then, and then someone yeah. grabs him late, like I sort of discussed with yeah. delicacy and perfect reflection before, but obviously this time it went the yeah. other way around. So uh, that wasn't even a photo. You got him by a full half length that day as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, he's, he's the most amazing rider and, you know, we, we all have a bit of fun because he's the one that we we want to beat, you know. So, mm. um, you know, even when Delicacy beat Neverland, he left like a tiniest run on the fence for me and and uh, she was able to take that run. And, you know, I've always said to him mucking around, oh, the only, you know, the, the best way to try to beat you is to follow you and then pass you on the inside. He said, what, not the outside? And I said, no, 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 you got to get you on the inside, mate. But, um, yeah, so exhibit uh, passing on the outside. But, yeah, he's... You know, we watch him time and time again. He's the hardest to beat in them close finishes, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wizard. So, Pete, yeah, before, <laughs> before we before we um, wrap things up, I just you were just touching on jockeys here, and, and I know you're you're a racing lover, and and um, over the years, I think you said you when did you start your apprenticeship? Were you apprenticed to Wally Mitchell? Yeah, I done 
two years with Wally, yep. and then I done my last two with Frank Maynard. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I guess mid eighties would that be about right when you kicked things yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was about eighty four, I think. Yeah, so you eighty three or eighty four? So you would have ridden, yep. ridden against some some uh, champion hoops in in throughout your career, which has spanned so many decades. But you would you would have got sort of peak Sestich, uh, and then you, of course yeah. you've got uh, you know you would have ridden against a dominant Paul Harvey and then the sort of the torch got passed to an equally dominant William Pike. What's it been like in the jockey's room riding against guys like that? And and most of our listeners, I suppose, are, are more of a younger generation and we're just sort of – a lot of them are just sort of copying Paul Harvey in the in his twilight years. Can you just give them a bit of an insight into what the Pontiff was like in uh, in, in his prime? Did he have a smile? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he keeps things to himself a bit. Um, yeah, no, he's yeah, he was like he to me, he was like our own Darren Beedman. Mm. You know, like Darren Darren Beedman was dominating in in Sydney and and Melbourne as well. And and the Pontiff was like Paul was like he was like him. You know, he would he'd ride with that arrogance. Um, he was cool and calm, but he'd ride with that arrogance. He, he him and Dad Beedman used to do the same little. Pass them on the outside and close the door with a hundred to go type rolling in running away from the field. Um, yeah, both very very similar in that in that way. And yeah, we got Pikey at the moment, and we had Rod Kemp before him. Yep, but yep, Kempy, yeah. Paul Harvey will go go down as one of the greatest. Don't you worry about that. He was uh, yeah, very 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 tough tough rider and smart, and and you know he just consistently got the job done in those big races as, as well, which. Something you'd be proud of, but even as even as a kid, you know, I beat Malcolm Johnson when he came over and rode for Laurie Connell in in a normal welter, and I had that big photo on the wall, <laughs> but, you know, and I was lucky rode with Lester Pickett as well, and um, when he come over one year, rode for Laurie. So yeah, so many good different jockeys, um, but yeah, WA we've had some beauties. Don't worry about that. Pete, you've uh, you've had an amazing career uh, in the in the saddle. You're um yeah, you know, cup the the new cups king, West Australian racing. Uh, we couldn't think of a better way for your uh, for your career in uh, your riding career to finish up in the Broom Cup this Saturday. And Terry and I, and I'm sure all our listeners, wish you all the best for for Saturday and for uh, for your new role as the uh, jockey coach for uh, at Racing and Wagering Western Australia. Yeah, no, thanks very much. Um, yeah, very very lucky, very fortunate to. Uh go from one chapter to the next and um yeah just to stay in this industry i'm yeah very fortunate so uh yeah but thanks very much for having me on guys no not a problem at all peter we've thoroughly enjoyed it and uh good luck on saturday i reckon the entirety of west australia and probably australia will be uh cheering for you yeah no cheers thank you very much thanks mate thanks mate see ya